It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I've noticed. Everybody, nickname here, and welcome to Mystery Diners, episode number eighteen. Is this episode eighteen? <laughs> Setting up twenty cameras in the kitchen. Release the drone. Is Ringo? Release the drone. <laughs> the drone's going down. We have to protect the drone. This whole mission will be compromised. Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> oh Christ! How dare you? How dare you bring that into our sacred <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I know, I couldn't help it. I watched it just beforehand, and I was it has like, no correlation with anything to do with this stuff. podcast, but you thought, you know what? I'm gonna bring Charles Stars in this. And it's Geofax! Hello. Um, alright, so, how have you guys been? Fax? Oh, okay. I don't have any. It hasn't been that long since we filmed. Ever called last episode? And I haven't done much since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, I, uh, yeah. No, nothing. Nothing eventful. So, facts. How are you going? Oh, I'm very tired. I've been awake for nearly 12 hours at this point, and I didn't get that much sleep. So, and for those who don't know what the current time is of a recording, it's about the middle of the day. So, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> yeah, Nick, what about yourself? Well, I'm very tired because I've only been up about half an hour, so. Lucky, Yay! Lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky yeah. bastard. That's the good thing about sleeping in. Yeah. Um, alright. Do you guys want to get into episode number 10? Of series sure. 10? Wow. In 2010? No, I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that... We... Damn, we don't have 17 episodes in this series to really make that joke work. No. Um, Alright. Episode 10. The Eaters of Light. General thoughts before we get into specifics. Mr. Fax? Ooh, um, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I thought it was going to be shit, and it kind of is a bit, but it was also very entertaining and something I found kind of wholesome. So, yeah. Um, look, I can't say I was <clears throat> as surprised as Mr. Fax was. I thought it was going to be shit. It wasn't shit, but it wasn't anything... I'd watch again, so I'd sim- I put it under the 
for the nice little meh category and let it sit there. Well, what about you, Mr. Nickname? Ah, uh, okay, so... I've got to be honest, I really didn't remember much about this episode mm -hmm. up until when GFX reminded me just before the podcast started. Um, so I feel like that's somewhat of a reflection of the episode. That being said, there are definitely some good things I can and we'll talk about when we get to the positives. So, um, alright, positives. Who wants to go first? I'll let Ringo go first. Yeah, I, I don't have much. Um, now, that's, I don't remember much of this episode, like Nick, I probably should have been here when Mr. Fax ran through, but the things I do remember, liking from this episode, the location, this season's been nailing the location in pretty much every episode, I think, so that was a obvious positive for me. Um, Missy, without Missy in this episode, I'll, let, I'll wait until we go specifics into that, but without Missy, this episode would have got a lower rating for me, and Nardole. Nardo freaking shine in this episode. He was amazing. From from his from his wonderful homage to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, to his amazing lines um, throughout the episode. I think this is if one of if not his best episodes. It's just a shame for me. This episode in itself was um pretty eh. But no, apart from characters that I personally loved, story wise, I couldn't get behind it. So. I'll let someone else take over. Alright, I'll, I'll continue. Um, so, you basically mentioned all the, the stuff for the most part. Um, I liked the crows, the, like the, the, the crows throughout this episode, like the talking crows, and then at the very end, you find out they say car, not out of, um, not out of, um, boredom. Stubbornness. But, yeah, stubbornness, but instead it's actually out of memory for car one of the characters I thought that was that was pretty cool um I like how um <laughs> so the doctor spends two days and um in that portal thingy and when he comes out <laughs> he's just seen Nardot with like face paint on him he just... was so good <laughs> <laughs> he's just telling stories about aliens and they're like full cool with it it's so good um I'm just trying to think. This is the thing. I just... I really I really wanted this episode to just do more for me because... I had my concerns um, at the next time trailer, but... Sometimes I just hate when I'm right. So, yeah. I think that's all I can think of from the top of my head. Um, Mr. Fax... Redeem us with some of your positives, Alrighty. So, in terms of positives, I think I like to go in a somewhat chronological order. Um, I, yep. I really liked how it sort of started off, and it felt a bit jumped to, but I kind of slotted into the conversation. I was just like, oh yeah, they're bickering about who knows more of the Ninth Legion. And this feels like a very, uh, very doctory thing to do. Just sort of be like, no, 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 I will take you there and tell you what happened because I know better. And then sort of being proved wrong, but at the same time still being proved right and having to work through an issue to get to that. 
Um, again, Nardole is fantastic in this, and there's um, there's a moment where it's like the Doctor says, "I was a Vestal Virgin or something, second class for two years." Vestal Virgin, second class. Yeah, that was funny because I had to look at that up. And I'm like, really? What? How does that work? Yeah, and I just love yeah. Nardole's little line of second class. And it's like, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that little bit of witty dialogue was just, oh, that's great. Um, I really liked how Bill sort of had her own adventure and she wasn't really taking a back seat so much to the story. She was contributing in her own kind of way, like her and the Doctor at, at heads, in the same way that the Romans and the Scottish natives were at heads, until they finally joined up at the end and worked together. But that more on that later. Um, Car herself, I absolutely love her. Like I like how the actors portrayed her. I like how she's got this strong sense of, you know, duty. But she's also highly naive and ignorant to sort of the way the world works. And the Doctor tries to put her in her place, but she's still strong enough to sort of, like, stand up a bit. And there's something that I actually watched about the actress, because the actress managed to do her own hairstyle in that scene. And she pushed up the top of it, so it gave her a little bit more height, because I'm pretty sure she's around five foot, so... Compared to Peter Capaldi, who's six foot one or something, so she's just raising herself that little bit. Um, the light locusts, as it were, I originally thought were was the same creature from the episode two of class. I think it was the coach with the dragon tattoo. You guys remember that? Ah, uh, yeah, yep. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I originally thought it was that, and I was much much happier to see that it wasn't because that would have been awkward if BBC was just like, well, class is dead so, you know, let's use this um, but I like how the creature eats light and every time you see someone fall victim to it the light bends around them and it sort of distorts the image and that was a nice use of CGI um, I've got to talk about the sexual orientation moment with the Romans, just because I have to. And I'm going to reference one particular bit. Um, the I forget the main Roman's name, but he sort of is talking to Bill, and Bill's like, I'm not into guys, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, oh, no, yeah, that's totally fine. And it's like, you know, and he sort of references his own bisexuality. And she goes, oh, are you into both guys and girls? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, it's good, though. Someone that's so, you know, traditional. And you see Bill's reaction to it, where she's just like, wait, what? I'm... I'm traditional? Huh? I like that little bit of characterization that went on. Um, <laughs> yeah, restrictive, I think. Oh, that's it, restrictive. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> That was like a really good. There you one. go. See, I'm, I'm remembering some bits now. It's okay. Yeah, I remember. I'm remembering enough. Uh, yeah, it's, like, and it's nice to see that people are, can be so restrictive. <laughs> I'm like, that is an awesome Facebook status. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Single relationship restrictive. It's just funny though, because it's like, 
I, I like how Belle sort of had that twist put on her. Normally she's, like, with the bluish guy back a couple episodes with Oxygen, where she was like, um, Oxygen. whoops, I'm being racist, but it's like she's not the um, quote-unquote progressive. Uh, so, yeah, I'd also like to talk a little bit more about Nardole's dialogue with the Doctor when they're held capture by the Scottish natives. Um, there's a scene where Nardole's holding, like, a bag of popcorn kernels, and we were discussing this earlier, but it's like, he's sort of going, um, would you like some popcorn? It wouldn't take me a jiffy to make. And then the Doctor turns to Nardole saying, it's like, what are you doing? I'm ingratiating. Well, stop it, it's nauseating. And just, <laughs> that sort of line where he then, after the Doctor disappears for a little bit and then comes back, he's already ingratiated himself into the culture and it's like, you've been gone two days and he's like, what? Why are you already dressed up like that? And it's like, oh, like you guys said, not all is a gem in this episode. Um, towards the climax, I kind of, it gets a little bit iffy. I liked that the Doctor was pulled down a peg. I would have, I would have preferred if things had been changed around, but I'll talk about that in the negatives, or at least discuss it. Um, but my favourite moment of this episode is the Missy and Doctor scene. Because oh, it's yeah. so... We, we, we were able to talk about that scene because that was one of the positives that I was, that I was going to bring up but I thought <laughs> yep, I'd let same here. one of you two bring it up. Um, yeah. Oh my god. If I thought the M Are You Alright scene from last week was awesome. Woo! Missy's stealing that it was... all, dude. This is why I hope the next two episodes are good because Missy's just... It's like, yeah, this episode's okay. Oh my god, Missy. She just did that. She doesn't even need to do much in order to steal, steal an episode, which is just... Oh. Well, well, we get to talk about the next time trailer for mm-hmm. uh, well, enough time in a second, <laughs> but, but until we get to that, um, yeah, so... Just, just, I really just wanted a Doctor Missy all series. Just just an entire series of those two. Like, as, a, as I mentioned, when was it? Was it episode... I think it was episode... Like, uh, like... I can't think. My point is that I'm pretty sure it's the best Doctor-Master um, relationship we've ever seen on screen, and this just reaffirms it in, like, four minutes as to why I think that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go into specifics because I think you two want to specifically talk about it, but just in a general sense, it's just... For me, it was the highlight of the episode. Yeah, I agree. I'll... I'm sorry, it was. I, only, like, I think... <laughs> A couple of Nardole's lines as well were like, okay, I can get through this, this is okay. But then when Missy just came and did the things, and I, I don't want to go into this either. I feel like I'm betraying you guys. But, oh, so good. I can't, I no, can't I wait can't. to the two-parter. Oh. <laughs> I can't talk about the scene in detail, because oh. us two aren't willing to talk about it. We're just, I'm just still remembering it. That's all I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just reminiscing. The way, um, the way the lines were set, and how it was all the music had been cut out and it was really close audio like there was no background sound it was probably done from like a smart lab or something it was designed to capture this sort of intimacy and it's like I think Missy says something it's like do you think you know the way this is going we could be friends again and it's like 
I hope. I, I really do hope. And she sort of like takes a breath and steps forward, but the doctor steps back and is going. That's that's what really sells that mm-hmm. scene for me. She tries to go for him and he steps back because he's still got the the master instincts of oh, she's probably doing something, you know. Yeah. And then, not even to mention that line done by Capaldi. What he has got some absolutely shoddy episodes, but he has got some fucking stellar lines of dialogue, like. I, I, I almost don't want to say it because I feel like I'm going to misremember it, but he something's like, but that's, he says something like, but that's the thing about hope. It's addictive. But yeah. Um, and that line is just absolutely gorgeous. Like, the way it's set up, the way it's framed, the sound, like, this is with Heaven, uh, heaven Sent? Yeah, heaven set. The way it's just one of those moments where everything lined up for this perfect bit of television, and oh boy, I love it. So yeah, that's probably the end of my spiel. So yeah, I, I get the impression that that wasn't written by Rona Munro. <laughs> I get the impression that Moffat wrote that scene. Oh, probably. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about it like. Because if you think about it, it feels very disjointed to the episode that we did end up watching, in in a sense. Like, it was, but it wasn't. Like, it felt like two different writing styles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why That's why I thought. I was like, yeah, it's probably my father wrote that scene. But, um... Alright. Any more positives before we get into the negatives? Mm. No. No? Alright. Ringo. Alright. I'll start. <laughs> jump into a couple that I had. <clears throat> okay. I know this is a... Now, this is a personal... Okay, I was watching this, this with a friend. I spoke about this last week to you guys. And there was a moment. It's been brought up by you guys as a positive. Um, there was a moment in this episode where me and my friend stood there like, what the fuck? Like, I know it's it's genuine. It's funny. It's not funny. Well, it's genuine. It's probably heartwarming. But the, ho- the whole car thing at the end with the crow, me and my friend were like, what the fuck? We were like... What, it was just, I don't know why it just felt like a, a stupid, like a nitpicky thing, but it just felt so stupid for me, personally. Oh, I agree, it was stupid, but I thought it was still sentimental. Yeah, it was sentimental, but I don't know, I just like, oh, that happened, oh. Anyway, to actual negatives, um, I liked the idea of the Missing Ninth Legion, I thought that was cool, but I felt like just generally, they weren't depicted well, in my opinion. Um yeah. That's that's probably my main one. Um, oh, okay, no. I now I love shows and episodes where you know humans come together and like you know rather than fighting to end end things. I, I love that, but I feel like because it's been done so much, there needs to be sort of like a spin or something. And I felt like Ears of Light had a real like it, it, it didn't really feel fresh or different in regards to you know we're gonna band together instead of fighting and stop that. And I feel like that would have been nice for me personally. And lastly, um, now, there's probably many explanations for this, but I felt like in some parts the Doctor's behaviour felt a bit weird, way out of character. Now, obviously, there's, you know, it could be, you know, the, the situation at hand, it could have been the, the, the regeneration theory, or even he was just, you know, something, I don't know. But I feel like there were some parts, like when he called 
the tribe embryos that just felt cruel and out of character for him. But, you know, then they're all real nitpicks for me. Um, except for the Ninth Legion one, which I feel like that, that, that could have been improved. Um, but apart from that, that's all my negatives for this episode. Well, I'm gonna to um, I'm gonna continue off the the Romans thing. Yep, feel free. So the Romans were in, supposed to be represented as this, as this very threatening and like dangerous um, legion, and yet the whole sexuality scene. I understand it's good, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's just jarring. Like we're mm-hmm. supposed to relate with these characters it's like oh like they, they might have slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people but at least they had their sexuality down pat you know <laughs> yeah that's, that's a fair cop <laughs> yeah that, as I said it just felt it felt very very jarring to watch and I'm like I'm not buying to this I'm sorry um also I, I, I feel this, this might be a bit of a a slack thing to say but I really wasn't a fan of the design of the creature. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to make of it. It was just... Eh. <laughs> I thought there was only one really cool moment, and it was the, it was the time it actually... Um, it whipped... Um, it whipped Bill on the, the neck. Like, even when uh, the... the what, do you, what do you call it? The light locusts? Uh, when, the, when, when the light locust eats one of the... the 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 Roman soldiers, I'm like, meh. <laughs> I, I have no emotional investment in this guy, therefore him dying doesn't really add anything to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's only like introduced like two minutes prior, I think. So, yeah. Um, there's one more that I didn't, that I didn't like. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you were kind of touching on it, but the ending really pissed me off. Like, the resolution uh-huh. was like, Oh, it was all just a misunderstanding, and now that they have the TARDIS chameleon circuit, and everyone can hear each other, all of a sudden we've become friends. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. That was, that was crap. I didn't believe it for a second, and it was just frustrating, because... As I said, I liked, I liked, uh, I'm sorry I didn't bring stuff in the positives. I liked when Bill figured out about the TARDIS translation circuit. Yep. But I don't like how it was incorporated for the ending of the episode as its resolution. Um, also, the Doctor's completely right. Like, he probably should have been the one to go in there. And I think that was just selfish of Bill. Um to like hit him to prevent him from going in there considering she's all about the doctor saving the day like we we that was the entire point of the lie of the land was that she basically kept holding on to faith because she thought the doctor would do the right thing mm-hmm. and yet it's a total contrast to this to this episode for me that being said it does add a bit of intrigue like why is the doctor so eager to go into this portal like uh, that's that's like that's never really explained, and I feel like if it leads into something in the finale, yeah, sorry. I feel like it's because he's a show off, and 
It's that sort of behaviour that was displayed with Tenant, where he sort of goes unchecked for a while and he gets a bit, like, a bit too far ahead of himself. Um, and I would feel like, with Bill being there, that he actually sort of, you know, he tames himself down a bit, but I think... Uh, I think he's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I did it once, I can do it again. Like he did it with, um, he did it with the the dial, the confession dial. It's like he stuck it out for four and a half billion years, you know, half an hour, that'll be fine. Yeah, it maybe nothing, but just, I don't like how the the way that Bill acted in mm. that in that thing. Like that felt a bit out of character for her. Um, in that scene. Um, I don't know if I really can think of too much else. No, I just... <laughs> for me, for the most part, it was just a forgettable episode. I like Scotland, though. Scotland's always nice. Yes. Location was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful location. Beautiful sweeping landscape. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got one. The girl at the beginning and the end of the episode, I could have done entirely without. I felt like there was no need for her in this episode. She added nothing yeah, I, as I said, harsh, I but I that. can agree with that. It was harsh, but I feel like it's true. Like if you took that out, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. I think it's just supposed to be a bit of setup. I did like the TARDIS uh, engraved on that stone, but you could could have taken that scene out because that's that's an underwhelming uh, pre-title sequence, in my opinion. Just it just it just does nothing. It does nothing for me. It might may sound like I'm a dick, no, <laughs> and I'm probably you're not yeah. A dick. <laughs> just, but the point is, I feel like yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They they could have been better. I think. I'm uh, saying yeah. that we had a shit cold open for once. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no question about that. Um, which is a shame because I it says that I really loved the one from from last week with Mark Gatiss. So, I don't know. And <laughs> I was expecting him to have the terrible cult, to have the terrible cult open. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. Um, they're all my negatives. Um, you got to add on to any more? Ringo, you've already mentioned yours, haven't you? Yeah. Mr. Fax? All right, Mr. Fax. Um, I was pretty much going to add two points, which I hopefully may address some of your concerns in a way, but... Um, I agree pretty much with what you guys have said with the negatives. Like, there were some things that were ridiculous, and the Doctor acted completely out of spite, and just sort of like, he's going, no, I have to do this, and it's like, just, no, you don't. What the fuck, man? Why do you, why do you have to always be the bloody hero? Um, but yeah, my two points are, one the rest of the characters, particularly of the Scottish tribe, felt completely underused. Like, you could have had another Viking village sort of situation where they're all sort of, like, in-depth and you've got to meet at least one of, like, each one with a little bit of camera on camera time. A camera on, like, on camera time, I mean. And I feel like the reason this suffered as a whole is if it was kind of too condensed. Like, I felt like 
the story could have been fleshed out a little bit and the pacing might have worked better and the resolution might have changed, I guess, or at least made more sense in the end. Um, I feel like it had to pack in that little bit with Missy as well as set up for world, world enough and time because that's... <laughs> you got yeah, there. It's, it's the big finale. It's effectively Moffat's last finale... It's Peter Capaldi's last finale. It's Michelle Gomez's last finale. Um, pretty much, most of those, most of the people, most of the main cast probably won't be coming back for the Christmas special, or even the seat, or even next season. Um, so yeah, I feel like it got the short straw in terms of development. But yeah, otherwise, no more negative points. Oh my god, well enough next well enough in time next time trailer. Oh my god guys. Oh man, I have not been this hyped for an episode in a long time. I really hope this episode delivers. I would have liked it I know I hate teasers, but I feel like it could have shown us a bit less. I feel like it showed us a bit a bit too much. It could have. But I know. I don't yeah. I don't feel like I've see I don't feel like I've got the context per se. Like Yeah. You've got a bit of setup, but I don't feel like I don't like to be fair you don't know how the Mondasian Cybermen or the Master are going to really be incorporated into this episode yeah that's true but but they acknowledge that they are we know what and this is doing good. but we don't know plus mm. plus she dabs she freaking she dabs. dabs we've seen it before mm. and we've seen it again she bloody dabs anyway but <laughs> blame, St- blame Stephen Moffat's son for that <laughs> she's he's the one that uh, introduced and her to dabbing Fatigan, we have another blue guy. So we do. Hopefully, he won't yep. die straight away. <laughs> Calling it now. Three minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um. Uh, just, I just love how the doctor says, "The Mondasian Cybermen." Like <laughs> that's clearly fair. He wouldn't say yeah, like that. Yeah. Give us um, a kiss. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I want to know your theories on what that oh. is a reference to. What do you think give us a kiss? I don't know. It could be a lot of things. in relation to. Facts. You know what I mean? Talking. What do you think? I, uh, Who, who's kissing John Sim? Oh, who's <laughs> kissing John Sim? I think it's Capaldi. <laughs> yeah. Who does John Sim want to kiss? Yeah. I think he's just, um, he's just saying it because he's maniacal and everything. Um... Sorry, I just want to say, my. Could he be talking to Missy? He, he could very well be. There is a scene where he's dancing, so. Just... Oh. Because it, it would it would make make a fair amount of sense because like the only person that the master loves more than the doctor is himself. So. <laughs> the only person that the doctor trusts more than anyone else is himself. Yeah, but at exactly. what point is he going to recognize his future self? Because the doctor did recognize Missy. And the Doctor has trouble recognising his future self, so it's the Master going to be like, mm. oh, that's me. Give us a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, oh, or, oh, give us a kiss. Oh, wait, shit, you're me. And then he'll just go through with the kiss anyway. Either way, he's getting a kiss. Actually, I just realised something, right, in regards to uh, Eaters of Light. You know how you are saying before... Yeah, and no, I'm getting back off topic here. You know how you are saying before that you thought that the the creature was the one from uh, the girl with the dragon yeah. tattoo? Yeah. 
I almost would have preferred it to be that one. Really? Because at least you get nice, nice gory violence out of that. <laughs> yeah. No, just in the sense that I'd actually, like, get some gory violence. And that's Doctor Who and all that, but, like... Unlikely, <laughs> If that's yeah. what the monster brings... Yeah, if that's what the monster brings, then I'll be happy with that, because it would at least make that... Whoa, I didn't see that coming, you know? Blood in a Doctor Who episode, you know? That would be kind of exciting, so... Yeah, I was disappointed by that. Um, the Doctor putting Missy in scenarios to see how she acts. How can this go wrong? I really love the idea of this. Because, um, you know, it, it feels like something we've seen before, but I don't care because it's freaking Michelle Gomez doing, just being the Doctor with fucking Bill and Nardo as well. That, that little snippet from the trailer had me so excited. Yeah, so the thing is, like, as I said, I mentioned before, this is my most anticipated episode of the entire series, mm-hmm. like, like, no doubt. But, um, I have inadvertently got it out of my way to prevent reading anything else, like, no spoiler-free review, no teasers, um, I haven't looked at any of the images, the only things I've, I've got... Uh, the plot synopsis from Radio Times, which I feel like I shouldn't have watched to read to some extent. Um, and uh, the, the next time trailer, that's it. And this is probably the most blind I've ever been going into an episode of, of New Who. So, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just really, really excited for this one. It's a norm for you to be like an idea of what you're getting into, but now it's like there's nothing... N- nothing for you to read up so you're like okay I'm excited I'm scared but I'm excited yeah this is it's, it's a lot of anticipation uh-huh. um yeah I don't know I got I got really <laughs> no more thoughts uh any more thoughts guys on the the next time trailer that really stood out for you really uh, I, I can't I like the Expendables line. <laughs> she calls, she calls the, the, the Bill and Nardo the Expendables. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I don't think that's it. So, out, out of curiosity, since we are leading into the finale, what do you think has been the best episode of the series? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. I, l- I have a this couple awkward silence yeah. is really reassuring. Like, is it a good thing or a bad thing? That I feel like it out? We, we've had no heaven sent yet, which is why yep. I'm ba- ba- um, hoping a lot will come out of this next level. But yep. this season's been—I don't know. There's been like no real for me personally. No, like, okay, if you can't choose against this yet. And I remember, I think with earlier with. Moffat's earlier seasons, we've had that, and with RTD's era, we've had that. But in this season, I haven't. There's, there's been no okay. This is freaking amazing. It's just been you know a show with with a sh- an episode that's really good, but also has a bit of issues. So, I can't give you a definitive answer right now. I'm afraid. 
Okay. <laughs> You're disappointed. You're like, oh. Yeah, I'm disappointed because I wanted to, like, hear the reasoning behind it and all. Yeah, I'll go I, through mine in a sec. Yeah. But facts. Mr. You have a... Mr. Facts. Anything? Pyramid at the end of the world. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Fair call. I think Fair that call, could be did. mine, but I'm, I can't keep, I'm probably going to have a look over them. Yeah, you did say during that episode that you did a lot. You did mm. think that was the best at that point, but I was intrigued to see whether or not your opinion changed after well, three episodes. I didn't think so. No, but, those yeah. those three episodes weren't anything crash up for me. Now yours, Nick. You, you, I think I know what yours is, but yeah, yeah, it hasn't changed okay. since when I first said it. Yeah, uh, mine's Extremis. It's it's still my favorite of the entire series, but um. I really got to give props to Empress and Bars, though. That was a, that was such an out of left field surprise for me, mm-hmm. um, and to have it so high on my list, that, like that second. Um, I don't know. It's like it's it's is it a testament to Mark Atis's writing in this one, or just <laughs> I don't know what to to really put that towards? Because I think his writing was great said, in that episode. I feel like his his dialogue, his character development. I think you can definitely give it to him. Yep, I will. I, I will give Mark Gatiss a, a a pat on the back for not writing a terrible episode. Woohoo! Yay! It's always a good thing. Um, so are you sure you've got like? Have you got even a slight idea? I think. Ringo? If I had to pick, see the thing is, if I had to pick two, it'd probably be the extremist pyramid. But because of li- yep. a lie of the land, and I-, I doubt they're going to make an appearance in the final double, the entire mm-hmm. three part just felt sort of lost to me. Because they, ha- like, yep. if yeah, I think I can't judge the others by lie of the land. Like, I-, I enjoyed Extremis and Pyramid probably the most out of them all, and they're both directed by Daniel Daniel Nethheim, So, like, coincidence? I think not. I think <laughs> not. <laughs> but um, yeah, out of those two, it's going to be difficult to choose. But if I had to narrow them down, yeah. <laughs> It'd be th- th- those two episodes. It's just a shame Lie the Lamb was so just out of it compared to those two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's completely understandable. Um, and if you want to actually listen to those thoughts, go check out our previous episodes. But, guys, you ready to talk Series 7 specials? Oh, I can't wait to discuss all of them. To go through <laughs> all two of them. Oh yes. my god. Um, Mr. Fax, you ready? I'm ready. You ready, Freddy? You ready? Ready. Alright. So, because there are only two, <laughs> I thought, yeah. And we'll only vote on those two. Makes sense. So there will be one round, one round regardless. Alright, I'm going to talk about, before we get into the two that we are. Night of the Doctor. Ah. Yeah, let's talk about Night of the Doctor right. for, for a couple minutes. That one for a little bit. Yes. What do you think of this one? I I love this. It's eight minutes, but it's eight minutes of fantasticness mm-hmm. of McGann. Oh my god. Like, s- I, I... Sorry, here, continue. Yeah, sorry. No, no, continue. Um, I just... I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> I honestly got didn't see this coming in the slightest. And I love it. I love it. If 
if I included short films, this probably would give Day of the Doctor a run for its money. Um, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm not talking specifics just yet, but I want to hear what you guys think before I'm we get into. I'm just so disappointed that Paul, Paul McGann didn't get... I feel like he deserved much more than what he was given. As Yeah. Because, you know, the movies... Look, we're going to talk about that right now. But he was so great in this in this mini. I, I remember watching it and being like, oh, I, 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 I want to watch the movie now, but I don't. But he's going to be in it. So like, <laughs> I, I want to watch the movie <laughs> but I don't really want to because the plot's terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, he, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a... I wish we could see more of him because he was brilliant. Mm. Mr. Vax? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're done yawning. <laughs> I'm tired, okay. Um... This, yep. this was kind of lost on me a little bit, because uh, I haven't listened to any of the audiobook stuff that McGann has done, so I've only seen him in the film. And it was a very different Doctor, and he felt very uh, adjacent to what the Doctor was in my head. So my Doctor was more like Tennant and, um, Tennant and Eccleston at this point. Matt Smith is still the Doctor and everything, but my idea of the Doctor is he's less sort of zany and everything. That was just when he was older and felt like he had not much time left. Um, So this one, he was quite angry, quite sort of nasty and everything. I did like how he still had that idea to help, Um, but it was kind of like... um, yeah, okay. It's it's not bad. It makes sense. It's nice that McGann got a regeneration scene. I'm sure he was wanting that in some way. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I don't know. It was kind of the better of the, um, of the Day of the Doctor prequels, but yeah. Oh yeah, like, no question. The last day is pretty, ter- pretty yeah. terrible by comparison. But yeah. But, um... I, I don't know. It's kind of like a... Yeah, for me. <laughs> I, 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 okay, so I'll, I'll start with, with specifics of this. I really like the fact that we got introduced into Khan. Mm-hmm. This is sort of Khan before they got re-reintroduced in um, The Magician's Apprentice. I just love, um, I just love the, the, the creepiness of that planet. Like, it's this really desolate, um, it's almost like Gallifrey. But if Gallifrey was consumed in darkness, <laughs> and then you've got Khan. Uh, they look like they live out of caves and all that. But um, I, I like the dynamic between the Doctor and Cass in this. Like uh, Cass's line about Daleks, Time Lords, who could tell the difference anymore? Like that's that. That's when you know that that shit has, has gone down. Is that this? These supposed to be these very different opposing races the Daleks supposed to be this ruthless um ruthless race and the, the time was supposed to be this very pacifist um not interfering type race and the fact that those two aren't distinguishable anymore um just really goes to show how how terrible the, the Timelords have become as a result of this war um and I thought that was really cool to convey in just one line of dialogue. Um, I, I like... Um, 
McGann's line, the very interview, his introduction is like, I'm the doctor, but probably not the one you're expecting. <laughs> because as I said, I had no idea what I was expecting going into this. So when I saw him come out, I'm like, no. <laughs> I was, I was so giddy and so shocked. That was fantastic. I'm really amazed. Like super amazed that this wasn't spoiled uh, prior to this episode because that 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 really really works that that moment. But um, ah, uh, uh, what else have you guys got for for things that really stood out for this mini episode? Facts. I don't remember much about just being memorized mesmerized by McGann. So apart from that, no, I'm, I I gotta rewatch it actually. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably still talk about it, and you could be watching yeah, it at the right same now. time. That's how short it is. Because, like, your specifics have made me like, you know what? I think I, I think this is another watch. How about you, facts? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember much of this. I, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, the irony, no. you know. Why am I well, not surprised? I you remember this. But I remember ears of light, sort of thing. I mean, like, yeah. I liked how I liked how John Hurt said "Doctor No More." Uh, I don't know. Not many other points sort of came out. A lot of stuff um, either feels very distantly referencing the old material, or it's very loosely said stuff for allowed for further interpretation along the storyline because like there's a line that um one of the sisters of Khan says where it's like Time Lord science is elevated here and I'm like what what does that mean? What is Time Lord science? What, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're not saying like it's bigger on the inside obviously because that's yeah that's another type, type of uh, Time Lord science so yeah I don't know it, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to interpret, and I don't think I interpreted it all too well for it to be memorable. So, yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm sort of like damn. Yeah, no, that, it, yeah. that that's 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 totally fine. Um, do we guys think this is how the Doctor has the constant glowing regeneration? Like, because he drinks that cup, and all of a sudden, McGann's the first person to have the glowing. Ah. Oh. Um. Yeah. Glowy, boom, arms spread out type um, of regeneration um, that we now deem as the norm in, in Doctor Who. So, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the two are correlated. Yeah. They didn't really specify that, but I feel like it's... It, 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 I believe it is. Um, I also like how Big Finish... I mean, I'm not really a Big Finish listener, but I like how all the... how basically Big Finish has been, has been deemed canon <laughs> as a result of... Um, uh, McGann's uh, addressing of the companions that he's had. Um, although she, he he didn't mention Grace. Now, granted, I didn't think that the TV movie was amazing, but how did he forget Grace? Uh, he, <laughs> he didn't have so much to, to say. Like, much to... I don't, you know. He tried to pork her, so I think there's some guilt there. Ah... Like, he even mentions Cass more, he does than, more, more than he mentions Grace in this one. Um, and granted, Cass tried to kill him, so... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's a conflict of interest right yeah, there. Sure. Um, yeah. I like the look of the TARDIS. 
Like, it, it, it looks shiny. <laughs> Ooh, shiny. <laughs> shiny. Um, yeah, but it, it looks much nicer um, uh, than, than I think... Uh, than I think Matt Smith's was on the exterior. I don't know why. I'll have to look, watch back, uh, watch back and look at it. But yeah, just it looks better. Dark blue. Um, try to think. Sorry. Dark blue, better than bright blue. <laughs> dark blue. Yeah, it's probably it. I'm just a fan of the dark blue. Um. Also, physician heal thyself. That's a really, really cool line to for your for your um your doctor to end on. Um, yeah, and it sets up, I think, John Hurt. John Hurt's introduction in Day of the Doctor very nicely. Um, and we'll get to that shortly. But, yeah. Do you guys have any more final thoughts before we talk about an adventure in space and time? No. No, okay. So, do you guys remember anything about Adventure in Space and Time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a bit, Good. but I'll let you guys c- c- carry me through. Oh, man. Like, this is supposed to be like a... Is it, so, it's not like a documentary, but it's more like they just reenacted um, uh, moments. Am I, am I fair to say that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, William, sorry, David Bradley is William Hartnell. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. He. Oh, perfect casting. His performance. It's perfect and it's phenomenal. And I think it's probably his best performance as an actor. I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> fair. Like, you were good. Don't apologize for that. No, I'm not. Name Mr. Facts, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to. That bit that they showed. Like, I had no idea that an adventure in space and time was happening. I knew of Night of the Doctor at the last day of Gallifrey, um, or Arcadia, whatever it was. Uh, but I had no idea that the adventure in space and time thing was happening, so after watching Doctor Who, I, it's like an adventure in space and time, and I'm like, oh, what's that about? And I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. I love how you've got the whole focus on Verity Newman and I can't remember the name of the producer, but he, the actors become... Sid Newman? No, the other one, sorry. Sid Newman... Oh, you, you, you mean that the one, director? sorry, yeah. Uh, Waris Hussein, the director of the yeah, Nightmare Theatre. I, I love how you're following the story of them sort of trying to produce this thing, and then it sort of, like, picks up William... Sorry, David Bradley, um... And then flows on to be about him, and then it's sort of about Doctor Who as a whole. And I, I love that little interview that Verity and um, William Hartnell are having, where it's just like, oh, it, it, you'll be playing the Doctor, and he does this thing with his face. I don't know what it is, but he's just sort of like Doctor Who, and he just sort of like stretches it out, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then I love the whole set design and how they're sort of like hinting yes. at everything that went on, but also playing the Doctor and everything. And it was really sad. To... Actually, it was really uplifting to watch how William Hartnell would have experienced everyone sort of going, oh my god, that's Doctor Who. And him sort of like mm-hmm. getting reinvigorated with energy. He feels like 
Well, it feels like that he became happier as a person, but as his health yes. declined, you see this massive transition as they sort of people leave, and he's sort of like getting older and less health, like he's in worse health. And by the end of it, you have actually. I'm gonna leave that moment about Matt Smith. I'm gonna leave that to you because I tend to steal a lot of the big things, but. <laughs> him knowing where the TARDIS rotor switch is, like switching it on, it's like only he knows that, and it's sort of that real care that every actor takes with the TARDIS, with the Doctor, and an adventure in space and time is absolutely beautiful and better for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, as I said, I yeah, you you nailed it. I love the attention to detail of this episode. And I feel like that's that's attributed to Mark Gatiss and how much of a fanboy he is. The the fact that he even got it down to like the labels that are on the um, that are on the the console to make to make it so uh, William Hartnell could determine what each thing was, and um, I love the idea of like. He's he's doing it for continuity purposes because children care about continuity, and he's right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 21 and I care about continuity purposes. I, I still get <laughs> it, mad it, about it. this one scene with Matt Smith in his TARDIS where he takes off using the red levers right at the front instead of using the <laughs> DMAT lever, and I'm like, no. Sorry, continue. No, no, that's completely fine, and I agree with you there. That that is, that was jarring, but it's it's not something that you really notice until, unless you're really paying attention. But um, just oh my God, just this is just a show performance of of William of David Bradley's William Hartnell. Just oh my God, the one scene in particular um is I think the moment when he he gets told that uh, they're replacing his character with uh, Patrick Troughton. And just the look of, like, disappointment on his face when, when he's told that. Because the role means so much to, to him as an actor. It's just, it's just heartbreaking to, to really witness that on screen. Um, by the way, I think the actor that portrayed Patrick Chad was hilariously stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... That line yeah. for its... Um... Where it's like, oh, you know, uh, when they said they needed to get someone in, it's like, I said, you know, they, you you can't do better than this man. He's the finest actor in all of Britain. He's like, oh. Yes. You say it. No, 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 I'm just agreeing with you. Like, the fact that um, he 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 um, basically uh, indicated that Patrick Trouton would be the only person to really take over from him at that point. Just, I think it was a really nice uh, thing for um, for him to do. Particularly because I don't think it would have been that... that um, I don't think uh, Patrick Trouton would have been, like, giddy and all that. I think he would have been really, really nervous. So I think that, would have been, that was such a reassuring uh, line to, to say. Um... I think why I think this works is that not only do we get to see some, sometimes we get a recreation or recreations of episodes like we got the 
uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth with uh, Susan's farewell and that speech he makes. That was that was done really, really well, and with a lot of respect, which I which I'm glad because I think that's one of Hartnell's defining speeches um, in his tenure. Um, but then we also get like moments of their oh my god um, when Verity is announcing that she's um, leaving as 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 a producer is she, is she producer yeah. is she, I can't remember yeah I couldn't remember what her role is exactly but um yeah when Verity announces she's leaving and and Hartnell and then have and her have the conversation and it's just oh man this this gave me a lot of feels put it that way just because you're so invested with these characters so that way when they do eventually leave you're like no no I don't want you to go hey let's not let, let's not say that <laughs> I know I kind of made it in a way to annoy you guys but um but yeah my point is that Gators does period dramas fantastically well and this is absolutely no exception to that I think is this is is it is it fair to say this is my technically my favorite Gatus who involvement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, you, like I, I, I said, Empress of Mars is yeah. Sorry. No, you go. Oh, I was gonna say the Empress of Mars is my favorite Doctor Who episode, but Adventure of Space and Time is so much better by a long way. Okay. Um, yeah. I I was gonna say I was gonna say that were it not for two things I would have probably mm-hmm. asked for this to be voted for during a rounds even though it's not an official Doctor Who episode because it's just such yeah. a good bit of Doctor Who related film so I feel like mm-hmm. missing out on that is a little bit sad but We've got two really good contenders for, you know, topic yeah, we do. yeah, we do. So, yeah. On to you. Yeah, as I said, I, I, as, yeah, I didn't want to um, bring those two into contention, even though I think they're both fantastic, but I think they still need to be addressed because they were part of the 50th anniversary celebrations. And, um... I think not talking about those two in particular would be <laughs> would be a crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would be a, a, a crime to Doctor Who fans. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts on Night of the Doctor or Adventure in Space and Time and t- before we get into Day of the Doctor? No. 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 Alright. The 50th anniversary special, The Day of the Doctor. It was alright. I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> been waiting to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you just make me all bitter. No, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, this is my favorite Doctor Who episode of all time. So okay, there you go. This is up there. I cannot ever pick a favorite, <clears throat> but if I had to, I'm sure this would be one of them. Hang on, I say it's not the best. Oh no, no, it's no, no, not no, the no. best, but it's my favorite. I can see why. It's just it. It plays. Oh, I just it's so uh, it's so fun. It just it, it plays to the geek, it plays to the fanboy so well. 
and oh yeah, and this it's is also a just got, fan service yeah, episode. and it's just got it's also got good storytelling as well. I ah, oh, I love it. I love it so much. So how are we gonna do this? Because this is a big episode to discuss. Um, I think we'll talk about it in moments, but I want to hear GFX's general thoughts before we get into those moments. Okay. Um, I was originally very annoyed that this wasn't what I thought it was going to be, because there was sort of, we were throwing, like, uh, there were ideas being thrown around about how this episode was going to, uh, play out in terms of what it was. I thought for a very long time that it was going to be consistent with the name of the Doctor, that it would be basically a direct continuation of Matt Smith and Clara journeying back through his time stream to get back to the present day to get out of it. Um, Uh, And I thought that was how they were going to involve the past Doctors. And then with all the uh, advertising going on and the Day of the Doctor one, where they get a bit of each doctor in their era and they play this big swelling music and it's sort of like the you know i've been running all my lives you know uh of every every moment of every second in time and space you know i fought for peace in a universe at war and you know i've come to face face things in the name of the doctor and it's like the uh, it's like now it's the one thing I have to face, the one thing I've been running from all my life, is the day of the Doctor. And it's like, yep. I was interested to see what that meant. I thought that would mean... I thought it would mean something to do with the Time War, but I didn't think it would be as different as what I had pictured. So, going into this episode, yeah. I was kind of like, oh. But then, throughout it, I'm just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. And then I really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it took you. It, it, it took you. Yeah. I'm so proud. Um, I'm so proud. Yeah, you were talking about the the the, the advertisement, well, not the advertisement, but the, 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 I hate calling it a trailer, but it's not. It's just the, 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 the one with Matt Smith and he's like standing on this pedestal and you're going past all Weak. these, all these. It's very cool. Oh, he's wearing a wig. No, 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 like, the the bit where it's, like, everything's, like, frozen in time. Yeah, it's... You, like, It's a trailer. It's what it is. It's what they've dubbed it as. Yeah, okay, so I'll I'll call it a trailer, yeah. That trailer, oh, my God, I think I watched that episode about 30 times (laughs) to make sure I got all the Doctor Who references in that. Because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. That was such a love letter. And it really, I think perfectly embodies <laughs> the day of the Doctor as a whole. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of fan service, but it all just works together really, really well. Um, Alright, so... Uh, see, I don't, I don't want to go positive or negative, because I don't have any negatives, but if you guys Same. have any negatives, go for it. <laughs> Mr. Facts, do you have any negatives? Um, David Tennant was an idiot. Like he, uh, like I don't know what it was, but he's like his doctor was dumbed down a lot, and I'm like, I don't like this. This feels like you're just taking digs at another writer's error, which Moffat has done and has pissed me off. This is my personal gripe with Moffat. Um, I was watching. Uh, Hang on, are you referring to the rabbit scene? 
No, 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 just in general, where he's just like, you're such okay. a bad copy, and it's like, you're an alien duplicate, and it's like, we, we get it, he's he's not yeah. that smart, you don't <laughs> need to hammer it home. Um, but the rabbit scene was funny, but there was this <laughs> there was this interview being done for some, I think it was a fifth Doctor episode, or a fourth Doctor episode, and they had brought on new writers and everything and they were sort of like what did you think of this person um and Moffat was on it and he he was just like I don't like his writing style I just I can't like it and that's all he fucking said like they come back to him and sort of pose the same question it's like I don't really know I didn't like his stuff so when he was doing that, I'm like, are you having a gripe at RTD? Are you having a gripe at my bay? This is just unfair. Um, <laughs> but no, it was... I think... Sorry. I think, yeah. No, 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 continue. You were going to say all, all that something to afterwards, but yeah, go. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I don't have any real gripes with the episodes besides petty ones, so, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I feel like with with writers, you always gotta, in particular like showrunners, you you have your mutual respect, but I think you're always gonna have your positives and negatives, and I think that's like the point of the showrunner is that, oh, this is what I didn't like about the previous showrunners thing, I'll do this, you know. What I mean? So I feel like they 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 I don't think they dislike each other, but I feel like. They, um, I think they love being competitive with one another to, to an extent. Like, I love, I think it was in a Doctor Who magazine, um, when, um, RTD actually writes in, because, uh, the, the, the showrunner normally does their, like, does a column where they answer, uh, fan questions. So Russell comes in and, and for one question is like, oh, how does the, 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 uh, the celibacy, the celibacy thing work? Um, like, we, we, um, he doesn't actually get married to her, um, and he's like, <laughs> and then Moffat's like, you're implying they had sex after they got married, <laughs> I was like, that's a very funny way to, to, um, to respond to that, um, also the Doctor has sex, so, there you go, sorry kid. Uh, I think that was pretty much established with Tenant and everything. Is very much womanizing. Oh, I agree, but like, but like, this is brought to the forefront, and Actually, <laughs> this is you, no, no denying it now. I was just gonna say that moment where um, where David Tennant's getting married to Queen Elizabeth. It's just like John Hurt goes, "Does this happen a lot in the future?" And Matt's like, <laughs> "It does start to happen." Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> such a good line. I feel like. And it really, it really was the embodiment of the kissy doctor. Yeah, he got one kiss um, per companion, per series at least. Yes, he did. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth talker. But yeah, um, Ringo, I, you haven't spoken much. I don't have no he, any he negatives. negatives. I do agree that as a diehard tenant fan, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't himself in this episode, but I could put that aside and just enjoy what was given. But yeah, I 
I agree with some of, with some of what Fax said. But no, no no negatives from my end. Do you think it's just a mixture of the writing and the fact that Tennant's been been gone for so long? He doesn't fully remember how his doctor acted. Uh, he said he went back and revisited um, a lot of his original episodes. Like he watched it and went, "Oh yeah, that's how." That's what I was thinking back then. That's how to interpret these lines. But I feel like, yeah, to some extent, I agree. But I feel like you're not always going to get the the same performance that you had when you were at your prime as the Doctor. If that makes sense, because you're just you're so much stuff has happened between now and then that I don't feel like you can be exact with your performance. So. I think I think Tenet does come close, but um, yeah, it could very well be a mixture of that and the writing. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. I, about I would that. disagree um, purely on the. When you guys. Well, I'd that agree up. that um, it's a combination, but I disagree. All right, positives, positives, positives. The entire episode. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, I, first thing I want to talk about is, uh, the Doctor hanging from the bottom of his TARDIS as the crane lifts it to Trafalgar Square. That's an awesome pre-title sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't get any more... Well, you probably could, but nah. That was amazing. Perfect. Mm. And I love how they used the... Um, the Slovene... Okay, so... There was there was no real new music. It was a lot of reused music, but I love the, the use of this music. Uh, so I love the the Slovene music, music from Series 1 was used uh, when uh, they brought the, the TARDIS into Trafalgar Square. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was oh, so good. I, I, I literally watched the soundtrack because it, it does... Because I love Murray Gold, but sometimes I don't appreciate him, en- him enough, I think. <laughs> so um, that's what I try to do with uh, each episode of the podcast is get... I, I try to get... Uh, ones that people don't hear, but for this best of, I chose, obviously, the best of each soundtrack, I feel like, but, um, yeah, no, this really just showcases, uh, Murray's Gold's, uh, music, um, in a way, I don't think I really appreciated up until then, really. Just, I... Yeah, no, go for it, interject. I only discovered this about two months ago, um, because I recently rewatched it, uh, but just on the note of music, with the moment and where 10, 11 and War are all gathered around the button and are about to press it, and they slowly, like, they figure out how they can beat it and everything, and Matt's just like, this time there's three of us. There's a little bit of piano piece that plays in the background, which is the exact fucking same music as the Heaven Sent. As Heaven Sent. And I only discovered yeah. that, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so <laughs> much more meaning now. And, mm. is, it, is, is it weird that I knew that when I first watched Heaven Sent? <laughs> like, is that, just, is, that, is that just a testament to me now that I, I just, just become so involved with the music? I'm like, I remember that from the day of the Doctor. I feel like yeah, I've said I... that now for most music, because <laughs> I feel like one way or another it is. Yeah. Like, there's another one, uh, Altering Lives. Uh, Altering Lives was actually a track that was first used in the waters of Mars, uh, and then it was reintroduced when um, 
the the doctor uh basically the doctors are actually seeing Gallifrey as of right now and that's that music plays and do you guys know what I'm referring yeah, to? Yeah, I remember yep. that scene. Yeah, that was the same music. I think just done slightly changed, but it's the, it's the same music, and and it's always like, oh my god, this is from Water to Mars. Don't remind me. Why are you reminding me of this? And it also feels pretty pretty interesting because um, this because this happens between Waters of Mars and End of Time for the Doctor. Yeah. Too, like for for Tenant's Doctor. That's why I feel like it had so much more meaning of like, oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, I'm no Tenet fanboy, unlike you two, but yeah, I, as I said, I, that scene, oh, I can't wait to talk about that scene in detail, but oh, so good. Um, so what did you guys think of Clara working at Coal Hill School? Eh, not really fussed, <laughs> to be yep. honest. Nice nod, nothing more. Yep, I agree. Yep, I agree. Although, to be fair, I love the 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 shot of uh, <laughs> the motorbike going into the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that shot right now. I'm just mesmerized <laughs> by it. Oh, love that shot. Um, yeah. And I know that all happened like before the crane shot, but I really wanted to talk about that because I really like that. Um... Do you guys want to go... Okay, so what else do you guys remember as like, a big highlight? Apart from like the two that we'll most definitely talk about. What were some other really big highlights for you? Tom uh, Baker. Okay, fine. We'll talk about Tom Baker. <laughs> we'll get that one over and done with. Tom Baker, man. He's, uh... You guys talk about it, and I'll talk about my personal experience after this, but you two go first. Oh, okay. Here we go. Me. Oh, well, I probably have the least experience since I'm not a classic nut, but the most classic who I have seen is from Tom Baker himself. Um, and he's just fantastic. I see why everyone thinks he's like, like he's a favorite doctor for a lot of people because he's just amazing. And when I saw him in this episode, now, I should put this out there. First episode of who I've seen is Zelda Doctor. I've seen it since then, obviously, uh, several times. So the time after I saw it for the first time, when I actually knew Doctor Who, um, it was just, it was so, it was not, it was more than a nod, it was just, I was, fa- um, I was so happy, I was smiling throughout the entire scene, I thought it was, oh, just, it's so beautiful, and it's really sweet, and I, I, I think, I think I watched some more Tom Baker after that, but he's just, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant person, and I'm so glad that he got a cameo in this episode. Sex. You, you sound like an addict, Ringo. Like, it was <laughs> well, so good. I I had some look, more. Look, look. Funny you should say that because I actually <laughs> not continue. <laughs> a baker addict. What are you into? Pastries? Baker addict. Yeah, for man. I love my pastries. Anyway, Bubka. back to the white baker. Facts. Come on. Uh, um. Well, uh, I I I loved this for very much the nose thing the who knows and I think that's just the pinnacle of Tom Baker with him yeah sort of just like he's such a physical actor in terms of facial emotions and just using his like his muscles and his face to portray how zany and weird his character is 
and he comes back to it like with the who knows and it's like he made a visual pun and in, in the doctor's like sort of weirdest moment where he's like he's happy he's not destroyed Gallifrey but he's also not happy because he's isolated Gallifrey but also because the Time Lords are still not great at this point um, so he's just sort of sitting there and it's like watching just who knows and it's him talking to himself and it's ah oh, that mm-hmm. moment it sells sells the scene for me so yeah Nick well okay I've got a theory oh. <laughs> here we go okay so we talked about this in an adventure in space and oh, you, we didn't actually talk about this in an adventure in space in time but I thought I'd bring it up here right so Tom Baker makes a note that he says, um, someday you'll go back and visit a few of the old favourites, eh? What if that's exactly what Matt Smith did at the end of Adventure in Space and Time? He went back and met the first Doctor. That's... Wow. Um, I think he was... I, I mean, it's a nice theory, but I'd like to point out... I'd like to sort of counter that with some other things William Hartnell and Matt Smith it's connecting the first actor to the current actor and oh yeah no I agree with that yeah yeah I know that was the idea if if we could if it wasn't a TV show if it wasn't a a, like a show being a TV movie about making a TV show then I would accept that but because it's there's like a distinguished like distinguished line between Doctor Who and the reality of the BBC within Adventure in Space and Time. Um making all these yep. hand gestures. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that would have been wonderful. But yeah, I, I just I like it as the idea that, you know, Matt Smith sort of thanking William Hartnell and William Hartnell's congratulating Matt Smith just in that eye lock yeah yeah i I agree that was that was probably the intention i just thought it'd be funny to like possibly tie the the two lines together it's a spray for me (laughs) i don't think that's worth a spray i feel like (laughs) it was justified in my theory i thought there was enough plausibility behind it is it a spray (laughs) yes yay okay There we go. It's a good thing I don't have a water bottle here and you guys aren't with me, so that's always a positive. God damn it. But yeah, that... Okay, so... I think I could sum, sum up Tom Baker's performance in two words. Subtle eccentricity. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was phenomenal. Like, as I've mentioned before, I watched this 3D in a cinema... And you guys need to do that. <laughs> you guys really need to do that. Because, oh my god, like, as soon as we heard Matt, uh, sorry, as soon as we heard Tom Baker's voice, like, 300 people gasped. It is one of the most weirdest noises I've ever heard in my life, but I loved it. <laughs> um, no, but, oh my god, just, that's why I love. I, I love the 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 Hoovians experience. I'm not. I know. I don't, I don't like. I don't like bringing it up because it feels like gloating. But go for it. If you honestly can do watch 
do watch Doctor Who with like-minded people, and I feel like it changes your experience in some way. I think for the better, but it's a lot different to them watching it at home, and I'm really glad I did get to watch this episode of all episodes um, with a lot of lot of lot of Whovians. <laughs> but um, oh man, this scene was just magical. It's the first time that Tom Baker has been back on back in Doctor Who since he last left. Um, it's just it was a very very powerful important scene I'm glad it exists it made me cry of happiness I'm not afraid to admit that sorry no I'm just saying yes of agreement yeah okay yeah cool yeah um it's very impactful for me it's just I think that that mo- that dialogue interaction um between the 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 fourth between the curator, I still feel like it's the fourth doctor to some extent, and uh, the eleventh is really showcases that even though we get mediocre or sometimes terrible episodes of Doctor Who, there are moments like that that make it all worthwhile as a fan, mm. and I just I love it. I, I as I said, this is my favorite. And, there are there is one more important scene that I will talk about that made me so happy, but um, yeah, this was just, oh, I love this scene to death. Um, I, I I I don't I don't I, I don't skip a single second of this episode because every I feel like every second of this is important to some extent. Is <laughs> some even when you have the three doctors trying to get out of an unlocked room that was funny okay that was <laughs> that was amazing we'll I know probably we'll talk about that um but yeah that scene was just very important um what do you guys have you, what any more thoughts before we get on get on to the other big I uh, just want to say <clears throat> now the idea of having Smith and Tennant in this episode was amazing and having a doctor a new doctor in this episode that was introduced only recently for this episode coming out was a bit weird but John it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you have John Hurt with this role and he, mm-hmm. he could have um, we could have been introduced to this Doctor in this episode and he still would have owned it I feel he just does a tremendous job he's a brilliant actor yeah. so that's, that's obvious but I'm just blown away with how he took up the War Doctor which is not a Doctor that, that, that we've had for years and years and just completely um, owned the role and I'm so glad he was he was um, involved in this because oh they they are a great trio and yeah there's my John Hurt love for this episode it makes me so intrigued to see how the dynamic would have worked between 9, 10 and 11 mm-hmm. but I'm really glad we got what we got yeah as a as a, as a secondary thing um, yeah John Hurt he only he only gets this basically this hour and a half, but he owes this mm-hmm. hour and a half. Like he is most definitely the Doctor, as as uh, Matt Smith quotes, is like he was the Doctor on the day of when when no one else could have been the Doctor. Um, oh, it's just oh, and it it feels really sad breaking this up because, um, 
his death has been is still quite recent. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of his most one of my most favorite uh, John Hurt performances. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, as I said, I I really can't, I'm really struggling to fault anything in this episode. It's just I want to watch it again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch it um, right now. See you guys. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about the thirteen scene. All thirteen. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking back to that epi- to the episode where I think it was Connor who was like, I forgot the the context, but I made yes. the start of the episode. Oh my god! Yes. And something about yeah. something sexual. I think it was. And then Connor just goes all thirteen and just we just lose our shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I knew where you were going with that. That was uh, I loved that. But yeah, that the episode was... that he, that he referenced was that was a pretty that was an epic moment. Well, it all starts because the the three well, Matt Smith's doctor chooses to change to change history, in a sense. I mean, technically he doesn't because technically all this stuff turned actually it happened exactly as the eleventh doctor does it, but. Um, yeah, so, before we talk about the All 13, what did you guys think about that, that tense standoff scene about the three Doctors and them choosing to nearly blow up Gallifrey and the moment trying to indirectly persuade them not to? What did you guys think of that scene? Um... I think, sorry, facts. No, you go. No, oh, I. You said Ringo. I um. It it was great because for the most part this episode was light. It was fun. It was you know um. It was it was, it was a, you know a joyful cruise for me, and then the the deeper subplot of, you know this is a, this is the point w- which has been referenced since the beginning of the revival, and um we finally got to see it and through these three um, doctors and I think just e- everything about it clicked for me. Every every part of this, this, this part of the story, absolutely. Just, it's a tonal shift and that's one of the main reasons why I love this episode is because it took a shift. Like, it, it, it wasn't too dark but it took a tonal shift and it worked and I'll let you guys go into it more but it was just, oh, I loved it so much. Everything about that that part of the story is probably it's what sets this sets this from the other you know fun Doctor Who episodes apart from it being having all the Doctors that like the, like the three plus Capaldi and Tom Baker but yeah it was so good and it tugged on my heartstrings facts well I want I want to sorry I want to briefly uh, interject here before we get mm-hmm. before I talk about before Connor introduces oh, before Connor goes into detail here but. I really like how the War Doctor was adamant on trying to do this himself. Uh huh. And the other, ju- other and the other doctors <laughs> were like, "No, no, we're not having any of that." And that was the the best bit. Like, you had them sort of looking at him like an outcast, and then at the end, they're like, "No, nah, I'm not. We're not letting you do this." And it's just like, "Oh, now I definitely want to go watch it." God damn it! Mm. Oh, it's. Dodgy. Uh, sorry, Mr. Fact. Yes, uh, let's let you speak. Christ. 
Um, I'm, I wasn't actually a fan of the retcon to begin with. Um, still have issues with it. I liked the idea of the last mm -hmm. of the Time Lords sort of thing, but I can see how you would run out of puff with that big elephant in the room. Um, so I liked how all of them like work together. It's like you don't have to do it alone and everything. John Hurt spouts that great line, you know, great men are forged in fire. It's a privilege of lesser men to light the flame. And I liked how he was so sort of like he was giving himself up and he was breaking that yeah. promise like I said in the last in the last episode um, where he's just like he's the doctor who broke the promise you know he's breaking his promise he's killing people willingly in, to sacrifice uh, not to sacrifice but to save the greater good even though it's not really the greater good it's just to stop things from eventuating and I love how tearful he got because he was like it was the point where if you didn't know that he had like the next set of regenerations and everything I reckon he probably would have withdrawn and die of old age but died alone it was that kind of massive tonal shift um but yeah I, the whole thing where it's like Matt Smith's like you know what fuck it let's let's disrupt everything that's not creating a paradox and the TARDIS can barely sustain having <laughs> two people of the same person at different points of the time stream within the TARDIS and everything it's like no that can't it's like yeah, that that was annoying. Like, I don't like it when they intentionally make a paradox, but to solve a plot line. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a mixed scene for me. It was good. It had some fantastic yeah. moments, but also it had some not so great story development. But yeah, yeah. I think that scene though, the one with the three around the around the button. I think that was actually Clara's best scene yep. in the entire episode. I, actually, I would probably argue possibly in her entire era. I think, yeah, she she was amazing in this episode, so I could easily say that as well. Because she, 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 she doesn't say anything. She watches on and the Doctor looks at her and he's like, what? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, no, seriously, what? And he's like, you mentioned this all you mentioned about this all the time, but I never ever uh, expected to see you actually do it, and he he goes on to say like, oh, but I, I have no choice. There is no other way to to resolve this, and and she goes on to say as like, uh, the warrior, the hero, and you, and then the Matt Smith's like, what am I? And she's like, don't you know? I'm like, no. And then she's like, be a doctor. And that was the moment that it clicked to him that there possibly might be another way to to resolve this problem that they have. Yeah, granted, I understand why you might think it's a retcon, but I feel like this was the best way to 
possibly satisfy both, like, both keep the continuity happening, but at the same time get this really powerful setup for the for the 13, but, um, it's just, it's just so, so emotional, that scene, I just got mm-hmm. stuck in it so badly. Oh, I want to watch it now! I want to watch the doctor right now! <laughs> Um, alright, we, we, we might as well segue that into the, to the, to the 13 that we're leading into. <sighs> Capaldi. Oh my god, Capaldi. All 13. It's a shame he didn't have his now memorable hair, but still. Mm-hmm. Fucking Capaldi. Who wants... Can I just point out, uh-huh. did either of you see that coming? No. I should've, but I didn't. I didn't know who it was the first time around. It took me a second to, right. like, I watched it, and then I sort of went, wait, is that Capaldi? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, it's, it's just so interesting because, that, and yeah, it was like the Clara thing from Asylum of the Daleks. No one expected them to be introduced so early. Um, and... Actually, getting a bit of a tangent here, uh, what did you guys think of that of that Capaldi announcement uh, thing they did on television? Uh, oh, the actual event. Yeah, the actual event. Oh, big no no, big no no. I'm glad he got the ability to, but as a writer, uh, someone who would like to work on a reveal. That pisses me off so much. It's like, and he is the next Doctor. It's not like. His regeneration's not, like, his regeneration's known, and people know that so-and-so is leaving and everything. I'd prefer to be able to, like, work in the next Doctor, so I prefer if people kept their leaving quiet, so I could be like, oh, three years, yeah, they're probably leaving about now, but just do it mid-season or something and just fuck with everybody. Like, I'd want that kind of a twist. I'm a bit over the whole publicity thing, because money, you know? See... I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I don't think it'll ever happen. Like, even if they were not going to try to advertise the next Doctor, and that's, that's understandable why you, you wouldn't want that, but... <sighs> journalism, <laughs> journalism is nosy, put it that way. Yeah. They have insiders in places that you don't think would be possible, and they get... And they get information that basically ruins any sort of surprise that you would hope to get. Mm. Basically, I don't. I see. I feel like Capaldi. He he announced his, uh, his his leaving on a radio show. But I don't know whether that was him or what the reason for, for doing that was. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I like it, but at the same time, I can I I I would also rather not know at the same time. It's a, it's a really weird balance. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ringo, what are your thoughts on this? Um, on everything. Look, it was... I I have... I, I did watch a bit of the um, the reveal. Like, that... On that... Was it like an online TV thing? I don't know what it was, but... That was pretty... It was on TV. It was on ABC. Oh, yeah, like okay. Four o'clock in the morning <laughs> for us. <laughs> that was a bit of a... You know, to me, the reveal... In my eyes, it will be this episode. Like, that was such a fuck... Like, the scene was already... Like, I was already jumping up and down. 
and then when Capaldi goes all 13, I think to me that's that's the reveal, and anything else before that can just not be in my mind because they they did that so that, well. That's the, that's the thing, right? If that if that presentation doesn't happen, that reveal means nothing to us, unless they because they might imply that that. Might yeah, be you got a point there, but we don't know that that's a future doctor. Mm. It's a weird thing. Um, yeah, that's exactly the. That's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you guys have any more any more standout moments? Like I know for one, I love the bit where they come out of the painting. That was a really cool, really cool moment, and they end up in the black archive. That was, um, that was definitely a better that was movie. awesome. Uh, like when when the guy got the call, um, and then you obviously you obviously <laughs> yeah found out that was. That was so subtly underplayed uh, travel, yeah. and I love it. Yep. Um, do you guys want to talk about that Black, Black Archive scene? Because I thought that's a really awesome scene. I feel like we should kind of move along because we've still got the time of the Doctor to go and we're nearing on two hours. So... I okay, don't need okay, to rush, but if um, we do... I'll, I'll, I'll make one more point. I'll make one more point about that scene. Though. Yep. I love the fact that um, that uh, that basically David Tennant and uh, Matt Smith's Doctor basically came together to negotiate the Zygon Treaty by making it so uh, neither party knew whether or not they would be human or Zygon, therefore oh. making the, the treaty perfect. Yeah. Just that, that was, that's a phenomenal resolution to what was effectively a side story, in a way. Like, the Zygon was definitely the weaker part of the story, but still a fantastic part, fantastic part nonetheless. But, uh, that's, that's a perfect resolution to that ending. Um, it is open-ended, which, it did annoy me at first, but the fact that it get, does get resolved in Series 9 more than makes up for it, so... Yeah, alright. We may as well move on to the time of the Doctor, because I'll keep talking about the day of the Doctor and you guys will have to like, restrain me somehow. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> Just for the uh, sake time of Time of the Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so, general, general thoughts before we get into specific moments. What did you guys think of the time of the Doctor? Facts? It's it's a bit wibbly wobbly to be honest. Um, some things don't make sense. Some jumps were a little bit too far, but I liked I liked the way they showed the progression of the Doctor in the War for Transalor, and I liked how as he got older, he got less. Um, cynical and kind of more zany and just sort of let go of any responsibilities he had. So yeah, um, I also like the dynamic between him and I forget her name but she is the leader of the Psychos... Tasha Lem. That's the one. Psycho Space Boss Nuns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's great. But yeah, uh, Ringo. Um, yeah, I, for the most part, I enjoyed this episode. Matt Smith, obviously, he gave it his all because, rightfully so, it was it was a really emotional send off. But 
Look, it was a good episode. There were, as Connor said, some really wobbly stuff. But, I don't know. Just thinking back to his era, I felt like, in terms of, of a send-off, he's, I think he could have... He deserved better, if I'm being honest. But, um... It's not a bad episode, by any means. It's yeah. just, I don't know. A, a part of me wishes he got something else. What about you, Nick, man? Um, okay, so general thoughts. I, I think it's very mixed up until the last 20 minutes or so, and then it's fun all in all. Yeah. Um, so, alright, let's go into specific moments. Alright, so what, excluding the last 20 minutes, um, what, what were some memorable moments from this episode? You got anything, Ringo, or should I go? Um, no, uh, I'll, I'll let you start off with this one. Okay. Uh, uh, remember, I'm uh, I'm called Bartrop or something, and you're uh, Georgina. We're from the town over, and we're just looking to talk to you. And it's like, hello, how are you? I'm good. Uh, it's good. I'm the doctor. I stole the TARDIS from my from my people, and I've been flouting our principal law ever since. I'm so <laughs> like, that line... Of just them speaking the utter truth at like such an insistent tone, it was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. I love how she, how Clara basically indicates in this scene that she fancies uh, Matt Smith's doctor. Yeah, like in that line, I was like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, not the Who knew that I could have a sentimental after to it. Not first. But yeah, um, um. <laughs> trying to think of some other moments that aren't within the first. Oh, there. I don't think it falls in the last twenty minutes, but the um, marshmallows thing. It's like the pink ones. Oh yeah. It's like I oh, have it. a secret supplier. That was nice. <laughs> I, I love how, like, even like he, even though uh, he has no plan, he like he tells her, "I have a plan." And yeah, like, that's in the last I just 20 minutes. That. We're not talking about that. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't feel like it really counts because he's just saying, it's like, I don't really have a plan, but I <laughs> just like giving them, giving them the assumption that I have a plan. I was like, that's that's very doctory. Just yeah. making things up. I don't know. Um, Wait for something to happen. Take the credit. It's usually how it works. Hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so... I both like and dislike the the fact that the Doctor's last battle is effectively with a lot of monsters that he's had to come up face with. I just like the idea of like this this like message across the universe brings everyone like aliens brings all these aliens to this one planet. And the Doctor doesn't even know what planet it is. Oh my god. We'll get to that, but yeah, I just, I love this intrigue from the get-go, um, and the fact that one of the very first things we see the Doctor do is, um, <laughs> go into a Doctor, into a, into a Dalek ship holding a yeah, plunger. Yeah, the <laughs> That was, that was fantastic. And then he goes into <laughs> Simon, it's like, don't, I... Simon ship with handles. By the way, handles, one of my favourite companions. Oh, yeah. He's the oh, definitely. Actually, fun fact, Handles is 
the Doctor's longest running companion. Correct, yes. So it's with him for like two thousand years. Nine hundred yeah. yeah. And it's it's sorry, just continuing on from the Dalek li- uh, Dalek spaceship liner. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's I said put me on a ship. Don't put me on a Dalek ship. I didn't say put me on a Dalek ship. Mm-hmm. Don't put me on a Dalek ship when I'm holding a broken piece of Dalek. Like, wax it. <laughs> it's like, ow! Just, you did not indicate what pl- what ship you wanted to be on. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then walks out with handles on a Cyber- Siberiad ship. If I'm going to be specific. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, handles. <laughs> That was very funny way to introduce the Matt Smith in that episode. I liked that a lot. Um, oh, I, oh my god! Uh, the, when when Handles tells the Doctor that the origin comes from Gallifrey, I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what?" Yeah. I was so confused, but I, I do enjoy how they how they explain that. I thought that was a really I liked... really good. I liked how um, handles in, compu- uh, in complete computer perfection just confirms things by what the doctor's questioning, and it's like it's like <laughs> uh, st- origin of the message is Gallifrey. He's like, "What did you say, Gallifrey? Why did you say Gallifrey?" Confirmed, Gallifrey, and it's like, no, 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 no. You, you said Gallifrey. I didn't say it was Gallifrey. Why, why would you think? And yeah, I like that. That bit of dialogue is very nice. <laughs> the Doctor's anger is like, that is not Gallifrey. I would know my own planet. <laughs> yeah, he's like full of angry to this to this uh, Simon head. But yeah, I understand his anger. He I mean, he literally just put Gallifrey in a. In a frozen in another universe so yeah I, I, I didn't think Gallifrey would um come back the next episode <laughs> that would have been a but, big turnaround been like whoa <laughs> oh wow that was quick <laughs> but yeah. um yeah I, I, I do like how, how they do address that at the end um the, the town is called Christmas I don't know how to feel about this Easter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it was too on the nose for my liking, personally. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's a Christmas special. Let's name the town Christmas. I don't know. It, it just felt... It felt unnecessary. Um, I felt like it was just Christianity going crazy. Mm. It's just branched out from Earth interplanetary. No, we're naming that Christmas. That one's Lent, and that one is that one's Easter. Sorry. <laughs> and then you've got this this like separate thing called Hanukkah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we, well, that that's not for the upper class because you know white people. Sorry to all the religious folks watching. <laughs> Jeez. We're being a bit nasty. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Um, what do you guys think of the explanations for some of some of Matt Smith's error? Like um, the silence, try to kill him in series six, for example. I, I I loved what they were before this point. I loved the idea that the silence were these creepy things that have been 
hid, uh, hidden around Earth for thousands of years, and they ruled through the power of suggestion. Um, kind of similar to the way the monks were, if I'm being honest. But I yep. feel like with this point, they were simplified and oversimplified to that point. It's like, oh, the the people that tried to kill you with the eye patches, they're just part of the church, and the church is a giant governing body. So it's like, okay, but the silence of confessional priests, they're not, they haven't been manipulating Earth's progression, but that's, that's like, that's a little bit stupid, don't you think? Because you're sending these creatures back. Well, okay, I put this down to the fact that maybe silence weren't meant to to be like that, but that certain faction that Govarian took decided, oh, let's just manipulate the entirety of humanity, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Like, I mean, maybe that's... that was not the original purpose, but maybe that was just what that faction just chose to do. Yeah. That, that may work. Um, more to the point, why the hell does Prisoner Zero know what the fuck's going on? Because it's like, the prophecy gets spread around, yeah, that's... I, I mean, I guess, but... Yeah, Prisoners that's the only thing I don't get. Zero. zero. Yeah, maybe he. I'm trying to shove everything from his era into one episode. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> we'll just talk about everything. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, I felt like, in particular, the crack. The crack was probably the loosest thread out of all of them for me because it was like, it was. In season five, it was not in season six. I do not count um, the flashback because that's not until that very point, and you don't have like a clear sort of indication of what the Doctor's greatest fear is. And I feel like the crack is a little bit too simple for him. Um, so he's just like, ah, I knew it wasn't over. I always had a fear that it would turn. Yeah, but you, you fear the dark in series eight, so uh, come on, man. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. That thread was the loosest for me. I like how it was sort of generally stretched, but I think there needed to be a little bit more subtle weaving, a little less obvious notes with some things, and a little more weaving full stop with others. Rango? Uh... Yeah, I tend to be... Yeah, this episode I feel like they they tried to do too much, they tried to add too much, and because of that, it was, as you said, it was simplified and it wasn't really working, so... most of the, I think the word is just disjointed, basically. Very, yes. Like and I think it's the whole too many villains, too many stories, too many, you know, just the, the too many case has been, unfortunately... Like, the Weeping Angels are so unnecessary in this one. Oh, Without my God. It's like... Moffat's like... I made these... I'm putting them in here. Just just to remind you that, that this is... These are a villain that, you know, is important. I, I, it was really weird. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I ha Have you got, like, any other moments that really stand out that's not in the last 20? <laughs> um, we appreciate your nudity. Because that was <laughs> oh, that was life. brilliant! That was brilliant. <laughs> it's just sort of just like Clara just going like hands in front, just like oh no, I forgot. It's just 
the doctor just sort of being like this is great it's so freeing just idiot things but yeah <laughs> it's like she's like no no don't <laughs> I, I like that that was very funny i also like how the fact that the the, the doctor comes like he because you have this really weird side part of um the clara's making doing christmas dinner and the doctor comes in and he hasn't uh put the 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 jacket overlay on the parents so he basically just comes in nude <laughs> he's swedish oh my god he's swedish exactly right that was that was funny like that that was where the nudity i think really worked it was just <laughs> the grandma in this episode <laughs> oh she was a highlight she was Oh yeah, um, Grandma was fucking fantastic. I loved her. She, oh, she was. She really was. Um, I really just wanted to see, hear more of the, hear more from the Grandma and less about the the parents because I really couldn't give two shits about the parents. I think that was the general <laughs> idea, though. So. Oh, sorry. Um. All right. Uh, if we don't have anything else, we may as well talk about. Um. The, the the finale of this of um of time of the doctor i love it i love this so much mm-hmm. from the moment the doctor realizes he's he's defeated and goes up to the top of those um to the top of that tower from that onwards is so phenomenal to watch um i'm intrigued to hear what you guys think and um about this, about that, those scenes per se. I was just, I'll just say my quick bit here. I was just, mm-hmm. um, you know, for an episode with a big, just big, disjointed, too much issue. But this last bit, I was just looking in awe. Uh, it was, it was done so well in my opinion, and um, you know, Matt Smith is just giving it his 110% and they finally realized you know where they like where they wanted to be by the end which is, which for this episode is what they needed and i think it was just freaking fantastic and i wish the whole episode had that similar sense but also not because they made this ending just that much better what do you think facts oh i I'm in a bit of a pickle. Sorry, have the yawn. Uh, I'm in a bit of a pickle because I am... <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that over your yawn. <laughs> I am in a bit of a pickle because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I watched this a few times and I really love the um the music that plays during him being threatened by the Dalek ship. And I love him sort of like the big explosion and everything. But I made the mistake of watching one of Doctor Who Poop's video. I don't know if you've seen the channel, but they do, like, very crass humour takes on Doctor Who. And now I can never sort of listen to what the Doctor has to say. Like, when he's like, sorry, did you mention the rules? It's like, tell me the truth if you think you know it. Lay down the law if you're feeling brave, but never tell me the rules. I can't... There's another word, a three-letter word uh, referencing genitalia 
that um, that gets support uh, substituted in with uh, the rules, it gets changed to like never tell me to come, and it's just <laughs> like I will, I will show you the video afterwards. But I was pissing myself laughing watching it, and it's just so ridiculous. And I can never watch it properly without thinking of that raunchy regeneration. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a pickle. In terms of the way it was done, I loved the phone thing. I loved the fish fingers and custard. I love how Matt sort of walks around and gets, like, is feeling the energy sort of quell up, so it's a little bit more grunty. The music, I don't think worked for his, like, actual change i don't think it worked which is really weird because we really yeah i i felt like it was playing too much hey, 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 which one are you life. referring to you're referring to the to the uh the long song uh choice of the like the end there or yeah at the, the very end when he's inside the tardis and okay yeah yeah because there's a bit film. before it when when Clara first goes into the TARDIS, where I think it really does work. Yeah, it really works, but him sort of, like, going, you know, um, he's a coming, you know, the Doctor, da-da-da, always remember. It's like, I stopped caring for Matt Smith at that point, because mm-hmm. I felt like they was trying so hard to sort of go, care for him, he's about to die. And it's like, um, y- you're forcing me to, and I instinctually reeled back from that. I don't think the Amelia Pond thing was working as well. I didn't like Really? I thought that was great, personally. Yeah, personally, same. I thought it was great. I, I was against that. I was like, he can regenerate or, like, have an Amy moment, but I don't feel like you needed to have more than Amy running around the TARDIS as a little girl version. That could have been that would have been fine. I didn't need, like, the whole sort of slow motion coming down the stairs and everything and everything. Oh, no, no, that part I, I, I agree with that didn't, like, wasn't necessary. But I yeah. do like the fact that there's, like, the raggedy man goodnight. And then the doctor fades and... Yeah, um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But just all the extra yeah. little bits, it's like, pull back, pull back. Mm-hmm. You need to slow down on this because you're just overplaying it. Um Uh, the sneeze regeneration because this is contentious (laughs) (laughs) contentious. okay the the sneeze part like the sneeze regeneration is without a doubt the stupidest part of the entire thing uh huh but everything after that I I could I could I could have been fine with that it was just such a great regeneration, and then when it actually happened, it's like, wait, wait, what? Wait. <laughs> I was just, like, just staying there, like, okay. I mean, Capaldi's there, but just the way it got to it, after all that build-up, was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I think there's a bit of a theory for me um, that as the Doctor goes, or as a Time Lord goes on in their regeneration cycle, as they get to the last of it basically it becomes more volatile and explosive so like with the first doctor he just sort of laid down and changed so i think it's a reset like that so he just changed that's all that happened um as he gets Mm -hmm. older the big spouts of energy come out but it doesn't make sense because there's river song who explodes energy so it's a little bit shaky but 
maybe it's just yep. the way the doctor prefers to regenerate is if you can contain it and then release it slowly but i don't know we'll see can i just say though i love the okay so the bit like the actual regeneration i love the love from Gallifrey, boys. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's very like that part was oh so 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 good so good I I just I almost I almost in a way kind of see see I do but I don't I wanted that to be the actual regeneration on top of the thing because I feel like that was perfect and I feel like it could have was a bit dragged on in the TARDIS but at the same time there are still some really good moments in the TARDIS that I would be missing out on if they did choose to do that route so I don't know I feel conflicted on it personally but I was still sad because my doctor my doctor regenerated and I was obviously yeah. going to be sad about that though I feel like personally when we compare Smith's generation to Tenants Tenants I think to me like obviously they're both sad but Tenants felt sadder, not because I like Tenant better necessarily, but because I felt like Tenant didn't, like, it wasn't Tenant's time to go, I felt like. But for Smith, I felt like he's, well, it was sad, but it felt right in a sense of that, um, you know, th- this was his time. Like, everything, it didn't feel rushed or unfair. Obviously, you know, for, the, for like, the moral reasons, but I felt sort of at peace like, I, I felt sad, obviously, but I felt sort of right seeing this Yeah, Smith's see, that's generation. the thing, right? I, I, I agree and disagree at the same time. In yeah. In the sense that mm-hmm. it was, I think Tenants was sadder, but I think Smith was more poetic, in a yes, sense. Yes, like, yeah. Like, Tenant didn't want to leave, whereas Smith was more more or less accepting his his fate and that. Mm. that like, in comparison to Tenant, who thought he actually probably might have died. <laughs> was going to die because of the prophecy. Yeah. Smith was like, okay, um, I know I've got a brand new set of regenerations. It will be good from here on out. So yeah, theoretically. I feel like that was reflective. Yeah, I feel like that was, that's what that was reflective of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hate <laughs> the end of time for you guys what the, de- the time of the Doctor was for me it's just I, I don't mm. like talking about it because it means that it's the end of the, my Doctor yeah, I know. Say. Smith but, was um, Smith was fantastic I have no quarrels with any of the um, Doctors mm-hmm. but it's sad do you guys have any, any more thoughts before we get on to uh, the voting no no, no? alright so, what's the order this week? Alrighty. <clears throat> I'm not going to do a drum roll again, because I was embarrassed in the first two times. Alright. <laughs> it goes me, then Mr. Fax, and then Mr. Nick. Yeah. I feel like my vote won't matter in this case, but All you right. know what? I've already acknowledged who my pick is in the beginning, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. As much as I, l- I love and treasure the final minutes of Time of the Doctor so much, it, um, but I, ca- I can't pick against Day of the Doctor, so Day of the Doctor gets my vote, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fax? What he said. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll make it unanimous. Day of the Doctor. Alright, that was... 
See, the funny thing is, out of, I think, out of all the best ofs, this is our longest one. Yes. It's also the shortest amount of episodes, and it's a yeah. unanimous choice. Yet, we, because of how monumental they both are, you know, we had to... Yeah. Yeah. But that was yeah, good. There's definitely a lot to talk about. Especially oh, definitely. The Doctor. Uh-huh. But it's just funny, you know. And now I'm just going to watch, go watch Day of the Doctor now. Because <laughs> Same here. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, Alright. Should we tease what we have planned in the coming two weeks? Before we should we? Off? Or should it be like a, just, a, just a surprise? I, I feel okay. like... I feel like if anybody knew... Oh, oh fuck. Who knows at this point? <laughs> but let's just leave it at that. Who knows? Knows. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So this is the thing. We have a surprise for the next two weeks. It is the same surprise for the next two weeks, but it is a <laughs> surprise nonetheless. Therefore, it's not a surprise in the second week. Forget the surprise. Exactly. <laughs> Forget It'll be a surprise for the first week, though. It'll be a surprise for the first week. Put it that way. Yes. Um, and we're very excited to... Um, to have the surprise. Have this surprise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not making this sound really... This is incredibly suspicious. But yeah. Um, the surprise I'm, I'm is a excited. good surprise. I'm excited. You excited, guys? It's been a while. It's since. been a while. Yeah. It's going to make and... a massive change in next week's dynamic, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, what could it be? Um... And that's all we're going to say about that until that episode. Um, so, where can people find you guys? Um, so, I am on Twitter at GCAP42 and have recently created a Twitter page for Blackwood Films, for which I will probably do something on it soon, which is Blackwood Films underscore, so I'm sure, because that, that's a fun fucking username. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, and then Facebook at Blackwood Films and Big on the Inside AU, B-O-T-I-A-U. Also, Twitter, B-O-T-I-A-U. Remember, that's a thing, guys. So check that a follow because we'll be uploading current and past episodes through YouTube. I am doing some more today. So keep an eye out for, think, I think we're up to episode three or four for the past ones. Yeah, you're up to episode three now. Cool. Because we did episode two in two parts. Yeah, so. that's right. Two, two. <laughs> Two one yep. two two. Anyway, that's where you can find me, Mister Fax. Um, why me? <laughs> you can. F- Am I not pretty enough? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I love enjoying the trash talk. Yeah, it's a good good one. Um, I am on Twitter at C underscore S T underscore M. I am also on Instagram at C O underscore S T underscore M A. Nick, where Whoa. can they find you? <laughs> uh, so charismatic, you two. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Enquest63. And you can find me on YouTube. Um, nickname, good luck finding me. Good I should luck. point out that the good luck finding me is not actually part of the name. Contrary to how it sounded. It's just nickname. It's just nickname. Like, I should point that out. It's just nickname. It's just the fact that YouTube's a pain. And it's like impossible to ever find stuff. I'm still uploading Uncharted videos. I'm almost done. Fortunately, I can finally move on to a another series of video games that I'm really excited to play. Um, Lego Marvel! 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I do have I do have a Facebook uh, Nintendo Quest, but I'm like never on it, so don't bother. <laughs> it sounds slack, but it's true. <sighs> Until the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> what an episode that will be! Cool. Oh yeah, episode eleven. Well enough in time. Until that one. Nickname out. Ringo out. TFX out. <laughs>